0: Hi, friends, Greg Kochel here for Stand to Reason, and uh, just back from uh, three days in uh, Augusta, Georgia, and Augusta, I guess it would be North Augusta, South Carolina. Anyway, that's where we had our final rethink. Oops, look at that. Our final reality of the season. It's actually illegal for me to even use that word on the air, so I hope I don't get sued. But in any event, if somebody else owns it. That's the deal. In any event, though... Um, really had a great time and uh, didn't completely sell out. This is the first time breaking ground in that city. Fabulous church, great event, closing out our season. We actually had a hundred more than I thought we had uh, at the beginning. We closed out almost at 700. Church holds a little over a thousand, and I predict that next year— because these things have a momentum to them, next year it's going to be completely sold out. Um, Everybody that came was thrilled. So many people talked to us. In fact, I talked to two different families that told me that their little kids um, mimic the rooster that you just heard, right? So when the rooster comes on, they're listening for that because their parents listen while they're driving and they plug in the mp3 or whatever, they hear the rooster and the kids are doing the cock a doo So, I mean, that's uh, it's interesting what sticks. Hopefully with those kids, some more things will stick. Uh, a couple things just to get launched here today by way of announcements. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday, April 27, 12 p.m. PST, To The Point Live with John Noise on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So that's tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, you'll be getting—many of you, actually, you might be getting this too late for the event, but I'm just letting you know, if you pick up your podcast early in the morning, um, John's doing—he's going to be talking about the Texas abortion law and some of the complaints that have come forward in response to that, so he's going to work through that. Uh, John Noyes will also be at Main Street Church in Chilliwack, British Columbia. That would be Canada. That'll be Saturday, April 30th. Sunday, May 1st. That's this weekend coming up. Okay, Alan Schliemann, he's going to talk about how to be an ambassador for Christ in Illinois, Mattoon, Illinois, and that's Broadway Christian Church. He'll be there Sunday, May 1st. We're all traveling this weekend because I'm going to be in Brighton, Michigan, that's just outside of Detroit, at Community Bible Church. Now, I made a mistake in my announcements last week, so this is a there's a correction. There's an event on Saturday night that's actually not open to the public, and I said that it was. So, my bad on that. Sorry, but I have three events on Sunday morning, three different church services, 9, and noon, and I'll be doing the story of reality, Community Bible Church, and then on Sunday evening at 6.30 p.m., I'll, do, I'll be doing bad arguments against religion. So Community Bible Church, Brighton, Michigan, that Sunday next, uh, actually this Sunday, May 1st. Um, Alan Schl- Schliemann will also be doing a live Q&A on Instagram on Wednesday, May 4th at 12 p.m. Uh, Tim Barnett, Mr. B., will be at West Side Church in Omaha, Nebraska, Friday, May 6th. And Saturday, May 7th, don't know the topics, but if you're out in that neck of the woods, we don't get to that center part of the country very often, it seems to me. Nebraska, it's kind of like dead center almost, maybe a little west of center. Anyway, May 7th, and Miss 6th and 7th for um, Tim Barnett. And then uh, our own Amy Hall will do a live Q&A on Facebook Wednesday, May 18th, so mid-month. 1 p.m. PST. So make a note of that, and uh, you can go to our Facebook page and submit your question, and Amy will answer it. Um, this will be text only, by the way, no video. Oh, bummer! I love watching Amy because we work together every morning doing STR asks. Which, by the way, now that I'm th- I'm thinking about it, um, I don't know. Uh, um, I know some of you listen to the show and don't listen to the STR ask, and maybe you don't have enough time for another what two 25-minute shows a week. Okay, I get it. But I'm just saying, if you like this show, you're going to love STRS because everything you like about this show, you're going to like about that show, except for you get the added bonus, and that's Amy. Amy is brilliant, as if you listen to that, you know. Now, we have people that are just fans of the show, and they don't listen to this one. And I think that's because they like Amy, and they don't like me. That's why I don't listen to the regular ones. But I'm just saying, it, hashtag S ask, ask is a great show. So check it out, enlist, um, uh, you know, sign up for it, whatever you have to do in order to get it sent to you on a regular basis. And uh, it's only 25 minutes times two a week, So, but it's really rich stuff. Okay, uh, let's see. One of my best buddies... Joins me today for the first hour, Doctor Frank Turek, and uh, Frank. How far far back do we go? I'm trying to figure it out. I know we've been 15 years or so with CIA, right? Absolutely,
1: but when you say best buddies, what do you mean by that? And how'd you come to that conclusion? Uh, well, <laughs> have you ever considered you have a lot of best buddies?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember the first time I spoke at Rick Warren's church, and then he sent me an email. and He says, "You're my, you're my new best friend." And I thought, oh, man, I was so flattered. I'm telling people at the office, he's, he thinks I'm his best friend. And then he's said, because I'm so out of the loop on all the lingo, you know. And that, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. Everybody is telling me that, you know. So, okay, all right. <laughs> so that's, I'm a nobody then, I guess. But so, okay, uh, 15 years CIA. We'll that's talk right. about CIA this coming up in the end of July in just a right. moment. But w- even before that, I mean, we, we hung up before. We did events before that. Yeah, we
1: did. Cause you that's would how we do each other. You would often come to the Southern Evangelical Seminary Apologetics Conference every that's year. That's right, yes, yes. And that's and where we originally met. Yeah, 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 that's where we originally met. And that's when Tactics wasn't, Tactics, Tactics was a PDF. It wasn't a book back then. You remember well, that?
0: Well, it was a material that standard that recent, so yeah. it was actually, uh, it was, I think, some DVDs. Cassette, DVDs, yeah, DVDs yeah, and, yeah. and, and you know, that kind of thing. It's CDs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then finally I wrote the book. So the educational material came first. But then we, yeah, and there was a PDF of the all of the workbook. Right. And that was the core mm-hmm. of the tactics material. Right. So uh, we're looking at almost two decades here, Frank. That's right. That's, That's right. really great. And one of the best parts... Of of working with you, and that's part of our relationship. Is we it's guaranteed that we get together at least once a year, uh-huh. um, at CIA, and uh, that's coming up in uh, at the end of July here. It'll be Middle America, Cincinnati. Why don't you tell us about the dates and inform people what it's all about and how we work together on that?
1: Right. Well, every summer we get together. Greg, this is going to be our fifteenth year, I believe. I think we started in '08, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And what? The vision of CIA was to try and teach people who have an affinity for apologetics and like apologetics to hone their presentation and question answering skills. In -hmm. other words, when you come to CIA, the cross Examine Instructor Academy, we're not just presenting to you. I mean, we do that, but you're presenting to us. And so you're going to present either before Greg Kokel, myself, Jay Warner Wallace, Richard Howe, Elisa Childers. Abdu Mary's joining the team this oh, year. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah. is gonna be there. Bobby Conway, of course, Brad Kunkel, Natasha Crane, Jorge Gill. We've got a a great instructor team of 10 people I just mentioned. And it's gonna be July 28th to 30th in Cincinnati, Ohio. If people go to crossexamine.org, click on events, you'll see it there. We don't take just anybody, you gotta apply. We take about 60 students. Because right. you have to present to us. we You know, this can't be a big uh, a gaggle of people. It's got to be a small, intimate group because you have to present to us and we have to have a a presenter, I should say, an instructor to evaluate you. So that's we can't right. take a big crowd.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's one of the favorite parts about it. I mean, it's hard in a way.
0: One aspect of it is is critiquing people because people mm-hmm. are sensitive about these things, but the, but the group it characteristically comes to these events uh, hungry to learn how to improve and so right. each of us and they present be- before they have one group of presenters, so you 're with the same four or five people that present in two consecutive days or whatever. but um, there are different instructors, so the mm-hmm. second time you're getting feedback on the talk that you give from a different instructor so it's a it's a great opportunity plus what i like about it too frank is that um we're all kind of uh it's it's like a one big happy family yeah. so when you have 60 people and 10 instructors, you've got uh, a lot of interpersonal interaction because we're spending an even, two and a half days together, you know, right. doing all of this. So there's a lot having together. meals together. Yes, right. Yeah, it's great. And so anyway, uh, so to, the sign-up particulars, finances, uh, lodging, how's that work?
1: Yeah, they go to crossexamine.org, click on CIA, uh, the event there i uh, I don't remember the exact tuition it's it's around a thousand dollars to come It's not cheap, but when you add up everything that we do there, we go in the hole as a ministry running c i a mm. we never it, we lose money doing it, but it's a ministry uh and there's a hotel there and there's ways you can room with other people. We have like a Facebook group, I believe. Anyway, go to crossexamine.org, click on events, and you'll see it there. But you got to sign up soon. Once we hit 60, it's closed. Nobody can get in after that. You know, M- Monique Duson was
0: a presenter for us at uh, the entire series mm-hmm. uh, for Reality This Year. And Monique was a student at CIA. That's right. Alisa uh, Childers yep. is one of your presenters now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was a student not only for the basic, but the. Advanced. advanced you have. Yeah. Did you have just one advanced? We, have- we had it just once. We're going to do it again. But, yeah. Okay, we had good. Somebody asked, yeah. somebody asked me uh, just this weekend in Georgia mm-hmm. uh, about the advanced because mm-hmm. they had already taken – the uh, the regular, and they wanted to go around for another round with uh, with us in the advance. And that's where I met Elisa. I, I don't remember her from the regular thing, though I did jury her talk. You did, you know And yeah. apparently she said, you, you thought I did pretty well. Well, uh, yeah, okay. And then I remember her from the second <laughs> session because she brought a piece of her writing to me uh-huh. and wanted me to go over it. And then uh, she chuckles because even on the air, she's told me this when she interviewed me for her own podcast. She said, yeah, I, I gave you my best. I said, bring your best work. And then I go over it and start working. And I look up, I say, is this your best work? (laughs) <laughs> she was floored, but it really helped her. And the next mm-hmm. time I read what she wrote, I, I I said, you need to write a book and get an agent, and I uh, contacted her. You gave me your contact information. And now, look, she's one of the most successful Christian podcasters around, and she she's is. got a wonderfully successful book in Another Gospel. But see, th- this is the kind of fruit, Frank, that mm-hmm. your efforts over the years, 15 years running now— have born with CIA, so I I can give it a highest recommendation for those of you who are in play, that is you're doing something, you're not going to get into CIA and get a, a jump start, okay? We want people that are in motion already, and then we can take what you're doing and make it better. Is That's Jim, right. J Warner Wallace, is he part oh, of Oh, he's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. There. I, didn't, I don't recall you yeah. mentioned his name. So yeah. this is a, in a certain sense, like, I hate to put it this way, but a star-studded cast. I mean, they're regular folk. We're not rock stars, but we are people, all these folk, that are in play in aggressive and productive ways. And we could like to mentor you in a more personal way than a regular conference. So uh, go to, uh, give the website once yeah, again. Yeah,
1: crossexamine.org. That's crossexamine with a D on the end of it, dot .org, and click on events You'll see CIA there. It's again in July. I think the deadline to apply may be June 1st, though. So you, you got to get on this because if we fill up, we're, we're done. We're, fi- we're filled up. You got to wait till next year. Yeah, that's right. And the dates, once again,
0: I know it's right at the end July of July 28 to 30 in okay. Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Now, this may seem macabre, but I already worked this out that I think it's July 30th is my dad's death age compared to me. So if I lived through CIA, I would have lived longer than my dad. I don't know, so it might be something to celebrate. Are we going to celebrate that, Greg, on the last day of CIA?
1: Greg's still alive. This <laughs> There's, there's alive. a death watch on Greg. Is he going to make it through the day? <laughs> All righty.
0: Okay, so, Frank, you've got a new book out with your son. Mm-hmm. Okay, also another Frank, but he goes by his middle name, right? Zach. Zach. Yeah. And uh, so this is called, this new book, and we're going to spend the rest of the hour probably talking about it, um, Hollywood. Heroes, and subtitled, How Your Favorite Movies Reveal God. And by the way, NAB Press really did you good, because they sent me a box with your Mm -hmm. book in it, and some popcorn, and some candy, and a (laughs) certificate for it. You know, they really tricked it out, so uh, I tip my hat to NAB Press. <clears throat> I got to talk to Zanderbin about that, you know. <laughs> hey,
1: what's going on? Well, You and rate know- the- you rate. Right. You got the big box. Some people didn't get the big box. You got the <laughs> oh, big oh, box right? Okay. Okay. That's right.
0: And uh Abdu is a new addition I think to the he squad. Is. Um mm-hmm. and I'm going to see Abdu next uh, th- just in a couple of days because I'm going to be speaking in Brighton just out of Detroit and he's centered in De- De- in Detroit. But t- tell me about this book, Hollywood Heroes: How Your Favorite Movies Reveal God. Um uh, why this book And why why did you guys write this? And uh, what did you what did you write it for?
1: Well, first of all, my son is a movie buff. He's in the Air Force right now. I know you were in the Air Force. He is in intelligence right now and he's watching Russia. So he's very busy right now. 12, 13 hour days. Otherwise, he'd be on here with us. Yeah. Uh, By the way, this military
0: intelligence, this is a standard uh, oxymoron.
1: You put yeah. that right.
0: OK. But it, there's an exception in this particular there is. case. Well, actually,
1: right? the, uh, the, not to run too far afield, though, the, uh, afield, though but the intel uh, for Russia has been pretty good, uh, actually, if okay. you look at it. I mean, we knew they were going to go in. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. What we didn't know is how much trouble they would have going in. Yeah. You know, well, the Russian yeah. army is not quite as uh, as good or either that or the Ukrainian army is a lot better than we thought. But anyway, yeah, well, good. That's good news. But anyway, so you and Zach uh,
0: yeah. uh, got together on this and teamed up.
1: Yeah. Zach he's is, is a graduate buff. of Southern Evangelical Seminary as well. So he's gone That's to good. SES and he's a movie buff. And this four or five years ago, Greg, maybe even six years ago, we were just talking about movies. and I, I said, Zach, you know, this, this could be a, a book to, mm-hmm. to look at all the parallels to Christianity in some of these movies because you can't get away from it greg we are in a world where all of us long for a savior to come take us to a place where there will be no pain and suffering and everything will be set mm. right mm. and and even when hollywood is not trying to make a movie that supports christianity to a certain extent they can't help it mm-hmm. because on our hearts we want to be rescued mm-hmm. we want to be taken to a to another world and that's what Uh, Many of these movies do. We we, we cover more superhero movies like, here are the the chapters, Captain America, Iron Man, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Mm. So we cover those movie franchises and point out how many of the storylines and certainly many of the heroes actually reflect the ultimate hero, Jesus of Nazareth, who is the ultimate savior. Mm -hmm. And so the the final chapter is about the ultimate hero, Jesus. And so with all the negative stuff coming out of Hollywood, we thought— Man, there's some good stuff coming out of Hollywood that we can actually get young people who are interested in these movies to now consider Christianity. I'm reminded of what uh, Tolkien told Lewis. You know, Tolkien was always excited. I mean, Lewis was always excited about uh, pagan dying and rising gods, and they really enthralled him. And one day, Tolkien said to him, how come you're enthralled with these dying and rising gods everywhere but the New Testament? Huh. And uh, and Tolkien said you're you're into all these myths, but do you know that Christianity is the true myth? I mean, it actually happened that Jesus mm-hmm. came and died and rose again, mm-hmm. and that just turned Lewis 180 degrees. And as we all know, he probably became the greatest apologist of the 20th century for yeah, Christianity. I agree. You
0: know, you yeah. you mentioned about this uh, these themes that resonate with all of us being rescued and all that. I think it actually goes deeper than that. And I was mm-hmm. reading something Clay Jones. Said once, and Clay, uh, uh, he's written a very good book on the problem of evil uh, a few years back. Same year that uh, Story of Reality came mm-hmm. out, and I actually include this observation. And the observation was that all the fairy tales are all really reflections of the story that uh, that I captured in my own work, the Story right? of Reality. And uh, and I I put that in there and footnoted him because I thought it was a and it was kind of like there's something built into all of us in our human natures. It's mm-hmm. almost a, a, a kind of a recollection of what it used to be like and a hunger to get back to Eden, so to speak. And this is why you see in not just in recent movies, but massive amounts of literature that reflect this same theme. So it's interesting you pick up on that in these popular, uh, popular films in the film genre. Um, so let, let's talk about some of these. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, be confession time. I didn't read the book, which is unusual for me when I do an interview, because um, I usually read the whole book. But I, I wasn't able to. Times, constraints, my own deadlines, whatever. Uh, and also, I'm not all into all the stuff, right? All of mm-hmm. these things. I've watched most of these things, but I'm not like into them like, insightfully. Right. However, I'm right in the middle right now of going back through the Harry Potter series on film. Uh I read the first book many years Mm -hmm. ago when it first came out, and now I'm watching, and I am mesmerized by the—I think this is a wonderful series, okay? But last night I read your chapter on it, Mm -hmm. and when I read your chapter on Harry Potter, I committed myself to now read the entire series— which is a million words, oh right? yeah, it's yeah, as many it words as in the Bible kind of thing right, whatever. right, and so I'll be busy for the next couple of years in my 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 uh, my personal reading, whatever my recreational reading but let's let's talk about this for a mm-hmm. little bit because mm-hmm. I was absolutely amazed at some of the things you pointed out mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if maybe it's that some of these things come ac- come across more powerfully in the uh in the, the books than they do in the movies, which are obviously truncated um, material given the length of the books. Right. How would you start? Um, I, I, the, actually, your chapter starts with inscriptions on gravestones in Harry Potter. Maybe that's the best place to start. Yeah, Tell it is. In that.
1: fact, there are two scriptures that are found in the movies and in the books, obviously Harry Potter. Uh, that are on gravestones, as you mentioned, and J.K. Rowling, the author of the series, says these two scriptures epitomize the whole series. And here's what she, here are the two scriptures: "The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death," from First Corinthians 15. And which tomb is that tombstone? Is that one on? Uh, that is on the headstone of Lily and James Potter's grave. So that's Harry Potter's parents, right? Who died? Okay. So the last them. enemy shall be destroyed is death. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other passage is, uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, from the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And so those two passages, here's here's what Rowling said. She said, they're very British books. So on a very practical note, Harry was going to find biblical quotations on tombstones, I think those particular quotations Harry finds on the tombstones at Godric's Hollow, they sum up, they almost epitomize the whole series. And she went on to say, Greg, she didn't want to talk a lot about the biblical references in her interviews because if she did, she thought she'd be giving away the storyline to the books.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because of the surpri- the surprises that right. come later on. Right. You know, and uh, and also, you know, it it could kind of, you know, spoil the Spoil the, the 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 reading for some people in a number of different ways. If you have people that are not inclined to think about these things, you want to sneak up on them a little mm-hmm. bit, like Lewis did in the Chronicles of Narnia. That's right. I mean, there's so much Christian stuff, rich Christian stuff in each one of those. But it's when you're on the inside, you see it most clearly. In other words, when you're a Christian, you begin to understand something about walking with Christ that these details in Narnia kind of come up. And I think the same thing here. For me, as I was reading through uh, your chapter on this, the things really surprised me. But before. Before we get to that, Mm -hmm. there's a big speed bump that a whole lot of people have Mm -hmm. about Harry Potter, Christian people. Okay, And it was one when the first book came out that, uh, I mean, Christians were scandalized by this um, because of the the nature of the foil, essentially, that uh, Rowling was using Mm -hmm. to make her point. So why don't you talk a little bit about it and why it doesn't bother you? These other things supersede it or whatever. Go ahead. Well,
1: look, I defer to parents. If they don't want their kids watching something, I'm with them. Okay. if you don't want to watch Harry Potter, that's fine. Uh, However, I think we have been a little bit inconsistent because we look at something like Harry Potter and say, well, the occult's in Harry Potter. Well, the the occult's in Lord of the Rings, too. Right. I mean, Gandalf's a wizard. And I don't know any Christian that thinks, well, we ought not watch Lord of the Rings. I mean, right. it's supposed to be a, a story that parallels Christianity, according to Tolkien, who was a very devout Catholic, as you know. I mean, yeah. Chronicles of Narnia has some of that in it, too, right? right. And we don't say, well, don't, don't get involved there. Rowling says this. She says, Harry enters this magical world, and he thinks it will be an escape, but it's not. He said, human nature is human nature, whether, whether or not you can use a wand. In other words, she says the magic in there is just because it gives young people power that they don't have, right? If they Mm -hmm. could do magic, they'd have power that they don't have. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really believe that in real life, but she's saying that just, that's not the center of the story. The center of the story is that Harry needs to act morally to save his universe, which is the same thing Jesus needs to do. In fact, there are four parallels between um harry potter and jesus and this is why greg in the book hollywood heroes here's the first line of the harry potter uh, chapter and a lot of people are are probably going to get annoyed with this but here's what we say arguably there has not been a single fictional character in in modern or in popular modern literature and film that has more in common with the life death and resurrection of jesus christ than harry potter Mm -hmm. people are going what that's the one we boycotted. Yeah, I know. Maybe yeah, we right. boycott a little bit too fast, a little bit yeah. too quickly, right? Yeah. So, so well, here, but, are the, here are the four things. Yeah. Prophecy, morality, death, and resurrection. In other words, uh, just like Jesus is prophesied to be the Savior of this world before he arrives, so is Harry Potter. He is prophesied to arrive and be the Savior before he actually
0: does. Now, one thing about these Mm -hmm. particular details, some of them are specific, some are general, like Mm -hmm. the morality is more general, and the prophecy is something specific. Some of these things that are parallel, they, they don't really come up until... Later on in some of the writings, you know, so I don't actually know where the prophecy originally appears, but it doesn't appear at the beginning. Like no. we're going to prophesy about this guy. It comes in. Uh, of course, I'm watching the films now, and I'm all re- I'm at the Half Blood Prince right now. And I, I, I every time I watch these films, I think these are magnificent. This mm-hmm. I mean, just as a f- from a film perspective, they are well written. They are well. Acted, the, the the special effects are are seamless, flawless, magnificent, and uh, the lessons learned are, I think, are, are fabulous as well. Because obviously, Harry is quite uh self sacrificial I mean this is you can 't miss that all right, right even right. if you are really adult, but um, tell, tell us about the prophecy because I thought this was really important. I just saw the one where the prophecy came out of the crystal ball kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh, and this is the thing that kind of frames
1: the entire account it 's actually more overt in the book you 're right greg it 's more overt in the book about the prophecy in the book there's a conversation. Uh, with Dumbledore and uh, Mervis McGongle, and uh, they basically point out that Harry is the chosen one in this mm-hmm. conversation, mm-hmm. Uh, the chosen one to take out the evil Voldemort, who tries to take him out when he's a baby. Voldemort tries right. to tries to kill Harry as a baby, and it, re- it rebounds back on him and almost kills Voldemort, who is the Satan mm-hmm. figure. Yeah, okay. so and, and that's the foil. The entire series is. Yeah, by the way, going back to Herod in Bethlehem
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, oh yeah. It's just I never it never occurred to me that until I read your book and mm-hmm. all of these things are jumping out. Now I understand that the most the protect the most uh, the the forerunner so to speak mm-hmm. turns also out to be the major protector.
1: Dumbledore. Yes, Dumbledore. Here, here's here's the way J.K. Rowling puts it. She says Dumbledore is John the Baptist to Harry's Christ. So Dumbledore's the forerunner, he's the head of the Hogwarts school, right? Mm-hmm. And Harry is the savior and so Dumbledore knows Harry's the savior just like John the Baptist knows Jesus is the savior. Right,
0: behold the lamb of
1: God. Right. Right. So this is what Rowling admits in an interview, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course she 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 tried she's been trying to hide some of this because again, she doesn't want people to know the plot going forward. Mm -hmm. And so there is a prophecy that he would be the chosen one. It turns out, however, that the prophecy uh, is is fairly specific, but it's not as specific, ironically, as the prophecies in the Bible of Jesus. Mm. And so we go through the prophecies that foretold Jesus in the Old Testament, and they're much more numerous than they were in the Harry Potter series of Harry. So that's interesting. Yeah.
0: So uh, so there's a prophetic element here Mm -hmm. of Harry being positioned just like Jesus was with these various characters and details. And again, so many of them I, I, I had not noticed until then I'm 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 reading the chapter and like I said, I was so excited after I read your chapter. I want to read The whole, all the books, you know, to really be able to Mm -hmm. drink deeply from this particular well. Although I love the movies themselves and that we, we go back to them as a family frequently. My, uh, my eldest daughter is a, is a, is a uh, you, there's not a question you can ask her about Harry Potter that uh, that she doesn't know? You I would know, really be
1: curious what she thinks of the chapter in Hollywood Heroes because she well, knows, she knows it better than I do. I'm yes, sure. the r- series right. she knows better than I do. Yeah.
0: Sure, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, she didn't. I talked to her about it a little bit, and I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, look what Frank wrote." Blah blah blah. And she just didn't seem interested, but for a different reason. Uh-huh. okay because her spiritual interests are not in that direction right, right, right now right. so she wasn't inclined to to see but she had told me now here we're going to talk about a couple of things here and we're not going to get to all the heroes today but we're just going to talk about the things that i like and then maybe i'll let frank <laughs> go off on some of the <laughs> others towards the end but i'm so taken with the harry potter stuff and then next i want to talk about about uh, the rings trilogy mm-hmm. and um um Oh, I can't remember, I was just going to go with that. But the um Well, how about how about the death of Harry Potter and his resurrection? Okay, let's get to that's at the end. Oh, what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> what I was just about to say uh-huh. is there a, a spoiler alert for any parents who have kids listening who maybe haven't gotten through the material and they're reading it. So right. thank you, Frank, for talking about the death and resurrection of Harry Potter. <laughs> a little bit late.
1: <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. you oh, can't take that, that back. Can too we?
0: late? Spoiled already. But, um, the, um, I want to talk for, before we get to that, cause that's mm-hmm. really towards the end. That's mm-hmm. the last, uh, two films in the last right. book, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's something else that I is very obvious, and let's talk about the morality of Harry Potter, because to me, this is a very thoroughgoing theme, and it's very touching in a particular way for me, but I'll explain my view after you talk about it for a moment.
1: Well, Harry has to, has to be morally upright, unlike, uh, or more so than his friends in the, in the series. And uh, that's never more evident when he comes up against the mirror of Ersseb. And that's mm-hmm. desire spelled backwards. And this mirror tells you what's truly on your heart. And Harry has, he's, he's not sinless like Jesus, but he, he might be described as someone who's righteous, someone like you might describe Noah or Abraham or something right. like that, right? And so he can be trusted with uh, the Philosopher's Stone, which has certain powers, whereas other which people is, could not called be. the Sorcerer's
0: Stone in so, the English edition, right. American edition, right. right? So that's
1: the first book. Right. Right. Exactly. And uh, he can be trusted. And he is going to be the one that is going to have to deny himself over and over again mm-hmm. in order to stand strong against Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he does. And, and he's even though uh, there are times his friends help
0: him out, which is great. But he, even so, he, he realizes that there's a calling on him mm-hmm. and he's the one who has to do this. And That's he's right. the one who's got to stand in the line of, of, of mortal fire you know, Mm -hmm. and protect his friends from having to do this. Um, There's something that I—another thing that I noticed that touches me so much about the— and again, I'm working from the films, not really the books, Um, but it's it's in the films because it's in the books. And that is uh, his—the fact that he is a—to capture a phrase from Isaiah, despised and rejected of men. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that he is the Savior in every single book— but there are also long periods in any episode where he is uh, he is he, he is looked down upon for some reason. They mm. think he's grandstanding. You know, right, for example, right. in the Goblet of Fire and all this other stuff, and uh, it, that is the only uh, film or book where, at least, the film ends with him um not being vindicated. Mm. All the rest of the time he's vindicated in the particular book. At the end, yay, Harry saved us. Then the next book starts and then everybody's against him again. So he goes up and down and up and down and think of Jesus' life, how sure he's approved by the masses and then crucify him kind of uh-huh, thing. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's another parallel and Uh, We we write in the beginning of the chapter that, uh, you know, as you said earlier, there's a million words in the Harry Potter series. And of Mm -hmm. course, the movies run a total of about 20 hours. So we couldn't cover everything. But we're trying to talk about how Harry Potter is the savior of that world, just like Jesus is the savior of our world. Mm -hmm. And he does so, spoiler alert, by being being prophesied as the Savior, living the moral life necessary to do it, then dying and rising again. And when he rises again, he protects his friends. He's the Savior of the world. This was another thing that I got, and I I have seen the last
0: films uh, that covers the last book, the last two films, and I I remember the episode. But um, there's this really annoying... Book where that gal from the Ministry of Magic takes over everything, and you just can't wait for her to get axed somehow, you know. And then the then the the, the giant comes and grabs her, and then the the uh, the horsemen, whatever they call those things, carry her away. And it's like, oh man, I'm glad she's gone, but. What that sets up is a circumstance where Harry has got to secretly train the rest of the students, because he's mm-hmm. the expert in in using the skills. They really haven't been taught well. He teaches them well. He disciples them. That's right. And so then, and this is an insight I got from your book, Frank, then, um, I mean, I'm connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. When he, When he is killed, they rise up. To stand in and with the expertise that he's discipled them with to now fight the perils of death. And then he comes back and he's in his invisibility cloak, so they don't see him yet, but he's still helping them. And I kept thinking, like the Holy Spirit helping the early disciples, (laughs) you know, before he finally reveals himself, second coming, and then he does a death blow to Voldemort and it's all over, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, maybe I just stole your fire or something there. I'm no, 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 no,
1: that's great. Yeah, Cause you're, you're connecting even more dots than, than maybe we do. That's the thing when you really know the books inside and out and you know, the movies inside and out, you'll be connecting dots by reading this. In fact, Natasha Crane, our mutual friend, Natasha Crane, right. You know, she read the entire book and put her endorsement on it and said, I've only seen one of these movies, but I can track with the book because we kind of describe what's going on as you're reading it and then we're applying it to the Christian world and seeing, you see how this parallels the Christian world? Sure. So you don't even actually even have to read the books or see the movies in order to know what we're doing in Hollywood Hero. Sure,
0: yeah, that's great. Okay, so uh, we, we talk about Harry Potter, and uh, I know people have a little discomfort with it, and like Frank said, just follow your conscience on this one, but mm-hmm. I think, and to be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable with the foil, but the foil is used so effectively, you realize that nothing nefarious of, in a certain sense, follows practically from her use of wizardry as a foil for representing Christ. It it's it. People thought all these kids are going to start doing magic mm-hmm. and everything. I don't believe any of that's ever happened. No. People realize it's a fantasy world. But there's and men, and, 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 and notice that
1: there's no sex. There's I don't even know there's oh. any profanity in there's any some, of them. no. There's a little snogging going on, yeah. which is kissing. Yeah, right. But it's, <laughs> it's very but you're wholesome. Right. No, that's yeah.
0: right. There is no uh, – uh, beyond just the this kissing, there is n- not even a, a deep sexual element to that, and mm-hmm. that's only in one one episode. But, so,
1: uh, but, yeah, that's great. Let me let and, me say this about it, though, Greg, too, because we write it the, in the beginning and at the end of the chapter in Hollywood Heroes on, on, uh, on Harry Potter that we understand why some parents may want to keep their kids away from it. But on the other hand, others might see the compelling storyline as an occasion – to educate children about such matters and even to open the door to Christ to those who would otherwise be uninterested. Right. That's I mean, kids everywhere know the Harry adults know the Harry Potter. You right, know that right. you're you're 71 years old, you know the Harry Potter story, right? <laughs> I mean, you could you could have a conversation with somebody about Harry Potter and point out the parallels to the yeah. real world. Yeah. That Jesus is the savior like Harry Potter's the savior of his world, Jesus is the savior of the real world.
0: Yeah. And Harry Potter is a, a profoundly appealing character. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's always willing to say no to his self-interests. He's not going to win the cup. He's not going to win the prize. He's not going to, if it means that someone else in trouble gets neglected, he's that's always right. going back to help the other guy. Mm-hmm. And that's where the the one boy gets killed, uh, you know, in that one situation by Voldemort, you know, but he went back to save this, yeah, and then he says okay we're both okay now let's both get the the the, the big prize together we'll both, we'll share the prize and so you see that self sacrificial um element in 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 the most powerful, person mm-hmm. of the movie, or at least becoming the most powerful, right. you got know, Dumbledore, but, and he proves himself as the chosen one to be so. This reminds me a little bit of our friend Tom, 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 hmm, wrote the book uh, Too Good to be False. Tom
1: Gilson, yeah.
0: Yeah, Tom yeah. Gilson, yeah. And, uh, and he reflects on Jesus as a unique character of history who has all this power and never uses it illicitly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who ever does that in fiction or anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, Harry so, does too. Yeah.
0: And so we have Harry mm-hmm. as a parallel here because he's a parallel with Christ, mm-hmm. okay? Magnificent. Okay, let's let's um let's 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 go to my my second favorite of this, which mm-hmm. to me was the most thrilling work of literature I'd ever read in my life, which is the Lord of the Rings trilogy mm-hmm. and uh, the preface to that which is The Hobbit. And uh, up until now, I, I when I go and read the rest of these, I might change my mind. but this is a magnificent um, work that has stood the test of time. It had a slow beginning you know Lewis <laughs> Tolkien started and then Lewis came out of nowhere and had all of his chronicles published and Tolkien's still trying to find a publisher with oh, yeah. the Lord of the Rings. There's an interesting story behind it. But tell us a little bit about the positioning for, from a uh, literary perspective of the Lord of the Rings and Jesus and
1: some of the main characters. Well, the three main characters that we cover, there's a lot of characters, obviously, in the series, uh, but the three main characters we cover are Gandalf, Aragorn, and Frodo, because we think those, and and, uh, along with Frodo is Sam, okay? Now, if you ask Tolkien, who is the hero of The Lord of the Rings?, who do you think he'd say, Greg? Uh, I, I, I'll tell you who I would say. Yeah. I would say Sam. You got it. That's what he said. It's yeah. Sam. Sam is the hero of the Lord of the Rings. Now, for those you who haven't seen the series, where have you been? But anyway. That's <laughs> right. Get in life, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, Now, Tolkien didn't want it to be a straight allegory to Christianity. He explains that. But what he did do is he made sort of three Christ figures in the movie. One is mm-hmm. Gandalf. Mm-hmm. One is Aragorn, the King, the coming king, and one is is Frodo with mm-hmm. the helper Sam. and what we point out is that first of all, Tolkien describes Gandalf as an angel, he's a messenger he's the he's the strategist, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he he brings messages, like angels bring messages to, to people. Yeah. That's what Gandalf does. Yeah,
0: Gandalf actually is, from what I understand, he is not characterized in, in this world that Tolkien has created as an actual human being. He's a different type right. of creature that he looks is. like a human. And so he's not really a human. Uh, humans are different. That would mm-hmm. be Aragorn. Those are mm-hmm. the humans, the age of men. Right. Uh, Gandalf is a different—I don't even know what they call him, but just to make the point.
1: Right, exactly. And and Aragorn, who is going to be the coming king, is very reluctant to take that role early on in the series. It's That's not right. until uh, the climax does Aragorn actually say, okay, I'm the king, you need to follow me, Yeah, kind of like Jesus, yeah. right? But in then that, on the other right, hand—
0: In that famous battle, final battle scene, but he says, but it's not this day. You have that that's in right, That's That's right. And it's So I, I get chills just— Uh-huh. Someday we may abandon the battlefield, we may run scared, but it's not this day. It's just so wonderfully written. I don't do it justice, obviously, with my paraphrase, but but I, you, I, uh, you, you're jumping to Aragorn right now, but remember, Gandalf is not just the angel, but he is also the resurrection figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because he goes down with the Balrog. Right. And And then he comes back as the shining Mm -hmm. light, basically. Yeah, and you see— Gandalf the White, not Gandalf the Gray. No. Yeah, And you
1: see how how Tolkien is putting attributes of Christ in these three characters. Yeah. Okay, so he's got Gandalf doing that. He's got Aragorn, the coming king, right? Coming king. Duh. And then he's got Frodo. With, by the way, The Return of the King is the title of the third That's book. Right. I mean, what, it just like knocks you right in the Wait, I never noticed that. That's Ooh.
0: right. What's up with that?
1: So now he's got Frodo, and we start out the chapter on Lord of the Rings by saying if you wanted a character to be a hero, would he be a three foot tall? person Barefoot. or creature who, <laughs> who likes to eat seven meals a day, drink beer, and just love the land. I mean, live no, in a you, hole. That's yeah. right. You wouldn't pick him and <laughs> you wouldn't pick this, this race of hobbits to, to, to be the, the heroes, but the hobbits right. are. And, uh, what, tur- it turns out obviously that, uh, the, the weakness of this creature actually becomes the strength just like in Christianity when we're weak we're strong because who does Frodo and Sam have to depend on they have to depend on Aragorn to make sure that the orcs aren't crawling all over Mordor where they're trying to get through it they have to depend on Gandalf for all the wisdom he imparts throughout this entire process but at the end of the day who saves that world who saves Middle-earth it's Frodo yeah it's 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 it's, it's the weak character, not the strong
0: character. And and ironically there is and again, spoiler alert, but I I feel a little silly like giving a spoiler alert for Lord of the Rings. Uh But it's it's Gollum who rescues Mm -hmm. Frodo from his change of mind in the last scene there, at least at the Mount Doom, where he's about to destroy the ring. It is it is the, the evil Gollum that ends up rescuing Frodo, from his own shortcomings, there as he's getting bewitched by the ring and des- decides to keep it, just like the king, who was the forebearer of Aragorn, did this exact same thing. So, but uh, then the king gets, then the ring gets destroyed and Gollum gets destroyed, and there they are, and then they get rescued by the mm-hmm. the eagles from this. You know, it looks like they're done for. There's molten lava all right, around them. Right, so, right, right. And uh, and of course that that changes the the last battle at the at the at the northern gate there is resolved when against incredible opposition uh, and once the ring is destroyed everything that um, that um, uh, who's the bad guy with the big eye <laughs>
1: uh, a, a Sauron yeah. Sauron created Sauron?
0: yeah yeah it just evaporates as well it goes to dust so, well isn't that interesting
1: make- though that Sauron thinks that. The, um, the victory from, uh, from the other side is going to come through force. So he's using force to try and That's prevent right. Aragorn when the victory comes through weakness. Mm-hmm. See, the, the victory comes through sacrifice, which of course yeah. is, is... And, and, and what, what better imagery could you have uh, for uh, God carrying you through difficulty than Sam carrying yeah, Frodo oh through Mordor? Yeah. It's right? literally carrying him up yes. the last slope That's in right. order to
0: accomplish you know, and mm-hmm. uh it's so touching. It's so completely touching and, and Sam is so completely devoted. Mm-hmm. Uh there is a line in there where he said, I got to go to Mordor alone. And Sam says, you're right. And I'm going with you.
1: I'm coming with you. That's right. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, and, and he says, and he starts, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. That's right. And he, that's right. It's and, really, and of course, it, it seems to me, Greg, although Tolkien left this up to the reader, that the ring represents human depravity. Like, nobody can handle the ring, right? If Uh they get too much, if they get the ring, it goes to their heads, right? That's right. And and, and only the weak, only the Mm -hmm. ones that rely on God can deal with depravity.
0: Only the ones that don't want the power that it Mm -hmm. gives Mm -hmm. can can, can deal with. And this is why um, neither Aragorn nor uh Gandalf even mm-hmm. touch the ring. That's right. They never even touch the ring because mm-hmm. they know that they're vulnerable. But Frodo doesn't I'm sorry. Yeah, Frodo. Frodo doesn't have the same vulnerability. Right. Although we do see it at the very end, but it's it's so much more modest. He's the one that can be the safe keeper because he's the blessed are the you know, the the merciful. You know, they it you you see kind of captured in all of those um those the beatitudes, the, the characters of Frodo and Sam—you know the personalities there. So, okay, we got fifteen, maybe ten more, twelve more yeah. minutes to go. So, you pick out who is your next favorite superhero that you'd like to talk about.
1: Uh, actually, one of, Tony of my Tony Stark. Fav- Stark I know. My favorite is Tony Stark, Iron Man, because <laughs> there's so many. I mean, Tony Stark is is unlike say Captain America. Captain America is morally good all the time. Yeah, he's already a hero based on his nature, but Tony Stark needs a lot of development, right? Yeah, Tony he's Stark. stark. Yeah, that's he's right. He, uh, he, he's uh, Stark. He's a Stark character, and he needs, he needs some development. He needs some sanctification, right? He starts out as a, a billionaire playboy, immoral arms dealer mm-hmm. who sells his uh, weapons to terrorists, winds up one of his own weapons, hurts him, and he has to have a device put in his chest to guard his heart. Now, this is important for me, Greg, because I think mm-hmm. this is a beautiful picture of what I think is the second most important verse in the Bible right now in our culture. The most important section, section of Scripture is the gospel, obviously. The second most important comes from the Old Testament, and it's Proverbs four twenty three. Mm. Above all else, guard your heart, because everything you do flows from it. Mm. Above all else, guard your heart. The culture says follow your heart. Mm-hmm. Christianity, the Bible, God says, follow, uh, guard your heart. You need to guard your heart, because if you don't guard your heart, you're going to go down the wrong road. You're going to hurt yourself and hurt others. Huh. And this is a beautiful picture. If Tony Stark doesn't have that device in his chest, which is guarding his heart from encroaching shrapnel, he mm-hmm. is going to die. And so this is kind of a, a visual representation of what Tony Stark needs to do. He's got— Everything a man could want. He's Solomon in the modern age. He's got wine, women, wealth, wisdom. He's got all those things, right? Mm-hmm. He's got everything to live with, but nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. He is He's empty inside. In fact, Robert Downey Jr., we have some quotes from Robert Downey Jr. in the Iron Man chapter in Hollywood Heroes, and uh, he says, this guy is spiritually dead. He's got everything he, he, he thinks he wants, but he's spiritually dead inside. Huh, yeah. So, you, I, I mean... You, you, you can ask young people, look, Tony Stark has everything you want, and yet he's not happy. Why is he not happy? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have purpose. He doesn't know where he's going in life. He doesn't know why he exists. He's got everything to live with, but nothing to live for. And then for the rest of the series, you see Tony Stark inching toward hero status until, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, in Endgame, he's the one that sacrifices himself to beat Thanos and save the world. Mm, mm, mm. it's
0: interesting the actor there uh robert downey jr yeah robert yeah. downey jr uh, he has his interesting life too because he had a huge fall from grace he went to prison i think well, he was a drug addict what, and and then all of a sudden he had this resurrection of his career something mm-hmm. like that right well
1: that's what we cover in the first few pages of of the chapter in hollywood heroes we say there's hardly been an actor in hollywood who wasn't who was better fit for the role than, than Robert Downey Jr. was fit for Tony Stark. He was mm-hmm. Tony Stark, basically, mm-hmm. in real life, almost. Mm-hmm. And Jon Favreau, who was the director of this, of Iron Man, and also, by the way, parenthetically, is the director of Elf, the, the movie, uh, the Christmas movie that everyone loves. Oh, A- yeah. And, i would never seen that one. And, 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 that and the whole actor. Yeah. The whole Mandalorian series from okay. uh, Star Wars. That's John Favreau. And John Favreau is in the Iron Man movies. He is the guy that plays Happy, the security guard that, that is uh, Tony Stark's security guard. Anyway, Favreau kept going to the studio and saying and saying, Robert Downey Jr.'s the guy. Robert Downey Jr.'s the guy. And they go, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. And he f- persisted to the point that hmm. they finally gave in. It's so, OK. Downey's got the job. And yeah. if they hadn't picked Downey, you probably wouldn't have seen a whole series of superhero movies from Marvel after that because Downey right. nailed it and, um, and played it so well because – it was really his life to a certain he's extent. Ty- he was typecast. Yeah. He's, such a, he's such a jaundiced
0: character, though, through most of the series, it seems to me. He's just dark and angry, and this is all the struggle that he goes through till he finally comes to grips mm-hmm. with these things and makes the right
1: choice. He, is, he yeah. is angry on many occasions, but he's also witty and funny. Yeah, so, that's true. So he's he's an affable character who's got everything. He has a quip for everything. But you know, you can't really rely on him. You know he's uh-huh. he's not like he's not like uh, like Steve Rogers, Captain America. You can you can depend on what Steve's going to do all the time. He's mm-hmm. going to do it right all the time, and he he's, mm-hmm. he's a stickler for everything, right? Tony yeah. Stark is he's let's just have fun, man. You know i right, uh, more
0: like the truth, justice and the American way, the old Superman before they uh-huh. made him an internationalist or whatever. Right. But there it's the uh, same general concept, you know, it seems to me. So, That's right. Uh, OK, so who is Do you want to say anything about Captain? Is Captain America your next favorite?
1: Uh, I like Captain America, but I'd probably say my next favorite uh, series that we cover in here might be Batman. Oh, okay. And the reason for this, Greg, I, I, I know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, a lot of people hated this movie, Batman versus Superman. I don't know if you saw that movie. I probably
0: did, but there've been a lot of iterations of Batman, a lot of different right. characters. I think George Clooney played Batman. Yep. So did yep. uh, Christian Bale played yep. Yep. Batman, a whole and bunch of these Michael people. Michael Keaton.
1: The, Michael
0: Keaton did. And this most recent one, Ben Affleck. I just happened to saw it. Oh, the new guy, uh, the Robert new guy, Pattinson. He does, yeah who, who he's the vampire guy that's yeah. all i know you know he played the vampire mm-hmm. whatever or whatever that was in uh twilight or whatever but uh it was uh, it was very impressive it was a very impressive mm-hmm. delivery but go ahead and uh let's give us your reflection well, here's the why interesting you like the thing batman about batman franchise
1: but, yeah and in, in particularly the movie batman versus superman first of all batman I think has the most realistic view of human nature because what, what is Batman trying to do? He's trying to stop bad guys in Gotham and what he does, he keeps locking up bad guys, but he can never take a break. Why? Because human nature is such that there's always evil out there. No matter how many bad guys he locks up, he's never going to create utopia because human nature is what it is. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's like bailing out the ocean, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he, he never gets there. Right. And he gets to a point where he gets so frustrated. He starts using tactics that he wouldn't normally use immoral tactics like branding people and actually using weapons. Before that, he wouldn't do that. But the interesting thing in Batman versus Superman is there's this uh, evil guy, Lex Luthor, who wants to pit Batman versus, uh, wants Batman to kill Superman. Why? Because he thinks Superman is the god of this world and he's an evil god. Why is he an evil god, Greg? Because Superman didn't stop Lex Lex Luthor's father from abusing Lex Luthor when he was a boy. So he's mad. He's saying, you're a bad God, Superman. You didn't come save me, so I'm going to make sure I'm going to kill you somehow. Right? That's basically what he does. In this movie, literally, they quote Epicureus, who says, well, if there's a good God and he's all powerful, why does evil still exist? And so Lex Luthor is actually quoting Epicureus, right? Now, here's the interesting thing about this. Lex Luthor, so it's really a theodicy is what Batman versus Superman is. And Lex Luthor is really mad that Superman or God didn't stop his father from abusing him. But notice Lex Luthor is not mad that God doesn't stop him, Lex Luthor, from doing evil to other people. Right. Isn't that interesting, <laughs> yeah.
0: right? Well, that's, that's, the, that, that's, the, uh, that's the name of the game. All these right. people that are complaining about these tragedies that happened to them or to others, and it upsets them. Where was God? But mm-hmm. they, they don't want to apply that logic to their own behaviors. That's right. And each of us is a party to the problem. That's right. Our and, our hands are on the smoking gun, as our fingerprints, mm-hmm. as it were.
1: Yeah, you I've heard you say this before. This is your line. I love this line where you say if 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 God were to end evil at midnight tonight, complete the line, you know what it is. Where would you be at twelve oh one? Right. Now, is that in the book? Uh, yes, it's in the book. Did I get a footnote? I don't know if you got a oh, footnote. Well, I want to tell
0: you an insight on that one. Yeah. I I got that from someone else about 50 years ago, but oh, I don't know the source. Yeah, I just okay. read it somewhere. So, but I'll take the credit for it because I well, kept it Well, you right? do get a footnote because story <laughs> of reality is
1: in chapter one. Oh, okay, good. Okay? <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> story of reality in there. Oh, but, that's but, funny. but think about that, friends. I mean, if yep. God were to stop evil at midnight tonight, would you still be alive at 1201? No, he gives us free will. And if he takes away free will, we're... We don't we don't have the capacity to choose him, so Mm. we don't have the capacity to love. So uh, free will is necessary, and uh, I I find the Batman series uh, so interesting because I think it gets human nature right. It deals with the problem of evil, and then in the Zack Snyder Batman versus Superman. There's a point where Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman are trying to take out Doomsday, this bad DC character. And in the process, Superman is sacrificed. They put a spear in the side of Superman and and Superman tries to put a spear in Doomsday. This is paralleling the spear in the side of Jesus. And then Zack Snyder in, I know we're running out of time, but I'll get to it. Zack <laughs> Snyder actually recreates a famous scene of Jesus's body being handed down from the cross. Oh, Superman's oh, body's yeah. being handed down from the right,
0: cross. Right, right, right. There is a yeah. there is a painting. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Medieval, right, yeah. Well, Frank, my goodness, this is a whirlwind here this hour together. Uh, the book is Hollywood Heroes uh, by Turek and Turek. That's right. All right. And... Um, <clears throat> Did uh, and that would be Frank and Zach, his son, mm-hmm. and uh, how your favorite movies reveal God. Now Press is responsible for publishing that. Yes, uh, I I haven't read the whole book, but the stuff I read, I was magnificent, and lots of insight here, and it's really fun. I don't know who did the final wordsmithing, but it flows really nicely. Maybe that's your hand, I don't know, but it just really reads well. And if you're a if you're a, you're interested in these characters whether my 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 daughter's like marvel they don't care mm-hmm. for dc so much although the recent batman i think is dc so yeah. she thought okay well, we'll go see that um but uh you're going to learn some things about these characters even if you've seen the movies you're going to make connections that you never made before regarding um these characters and the person of Jesus of Nazareth who is the real rescuer, saver, savior, superhero Ultimate who really hero. did die and rise again from the dead and will come again, the coming king to rescue us. CIA, give us the uh, the website once again, Frank.
1: Yeah, go to crossexamine.org, click on events, you'll see it there. Let me say one thing about the book too, Greg, if people order this book before May 3rd, that's when it releases, if they go to hollywoodheroesbook.com and they prove they bought it, we're going to send them the audio book for free, but that's only until May 3rd. Oh, okay. So they got okay. It before so May 3rd.
0: I have my copy, Advanced Reader Copy, it says. I should have mentioned that earlier. So May 3rd is the release date. Yes. Buy it before that. You get the audio as well. Okay, you. Yeah, if
1: you go to HollywoodHeroesBook.com.
0: Yep. There you go. There you go. Frank, what a, th- what a treat to talk with you. Great to kind uh, of you see You as again. well,
1: brother. Thank you so and much.
0: I look forward to uh, July together. In yes, Cincinnati sir. With yes, CIA. sir. All right, friends. That's it for Stand to Reason. Greg Kokel here. Give them heaven, friends. Bye-bye now.